Well, good morning. I, uh, if you get your sermon notes, there's a couple things at the top there I just want to call to your attention. First of all, Wednesday night here in the worship center, 6.30, we're going to have a night of worship um, just to have a night of worship, just to honor God and praise God. Those have become so enjoyable for many of us. So I hope you just make some time in your schedule this week. Show up 6.30 and uh, join us in that. Also, as I mentioned, kind of alluded to last week, next week we have a class starting, one of our growth classes, just how to grow spiritually. Some of you feel like maybe you're in a rut or you've gotten worn down over this last year, year and a half or so, and you could just use some energy, just use some help in how to get back on track spiritually and you're growing your closeness, uh, your intimacy with God be some good things in that class that really help you. So starts next week uh, during 9 o'clock hour. So just add that back into your schedule if you can, and um, we'd love to have you join us for that. Um, many of us are aware, as we have listened to uh, the world news, just how rough things have gotten in the country of India. Okay? Now, we have two different missionaries that we support in India, and we've done this for, for decades. John and Monty Matthews are in a very um, poor and down part of India. And um, Peter and Kathy Ignatius are in the city of Chennai in a larger city. And they lead Lakeview Bible College and Seminary. And we've heard from both of them recently about how intense um, the COVID uh, rampage is in the country of India. A lot of people, not a lot of space. And, uh, and the numbers just Peter shared with us just yesterday, uh, the numbers in the city of Chennai um, and, and their, their state in the country in a month rival ours throughout the whole pandemic in our state. I mean, it is devastating. Family, uh, friends, students uh, of the Bible college, uh, it's, it's just ravaging their area. And it creates an open door for ministry um, but it also just challenges the relationships and the fear and the faith and all those pieces that uh, make ours seem like such a microcosm of what, <laughs> what it is they're actually facing. And so they've asked us, and we're going to take just a moment here, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for the people they are connected with. We're going to pray for that nation and pray for God's mercy to be on them. So why don't you bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Father, thank you for um, the love that we've spoken of, for the grace that we don't deserve, and for the help in time of need. And Father, we have people we love dearly, uh, the Matthews and the Ignatiuses and others who are connected with their ministries that we know and love and have met and have shared meals with and life with and ministry together, Lord, and they are hurting. They're struggling. They are uh, just under an onslaught in their nation, and the situation is, is dire in many cases, Father, and needs your intervention. We know that they live among a nation of Hindu people that, um, that don't believe often in one true God. And yet, Lord, as the one true God, would you make yourself known to them? Use John and Monty, use Peter and Kathy, use all those that are connected with their ministries in this window of fear to bring faith and to bring hope and Lord, show yourself strong in the midst of it all and lead people to see you as you are, even as we have worshipped you today as you are and embraced you as you are. 
So Lord, uh, strengthen them, encourage them, give them strength for this battle, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. We know that Mother's Day is probably the most tender of all of the holidays that we have. First, just because like our relationships with our mothers, or for some of you, your role as a mother is one of the most treasured relationships, right? But the other side of that's true, too. Like, secondly, it's, it's a tender holiday because of the, the variations, um, and we could say the deviations, and certainly sometimes the devastations that also um, come with that role that deeply penetrate the hearts of many. So I, I know up front that this day is difficult, and I applaud many of you for being here even on difficult days in this particular situation, because some of you have lost your mothers, right? And, and that's painful. Some of you long for a better relationship either with your mother or with your children as a mother, and that's painful. And some of you are probably facing situations where maybe you are spending your last Mother's Day with your mother here on this earth, and that hurts as well. Now, it's painful for some because they, they long to be mothers, and yet that has not happened in their life. Um, <clears throat> mothers can be struggling in any a number of ways, right? And that's just our reality. Sometimes our children are not in a good place, and that hurts the heart of a mother. Um, still others struggle because they've lost a child. Right? And when you, when you lose a child, you lose a part of yourselves also. I, I've talked with mothers over the year who struggle because they are mothers, but they didn't want to be mothers. Okay? And then there are some who just, um, just struggle with feelings of failure as a mother. Here's where I'd hoped I'd be. This is the picture I'd painted, and my life looks nothing like that. So that said, I, I don't want to seem like a pharmaceutical commercial. Right? Here's 10 seconds of how great this is, and then here's the rest of the commercial about all the possible side effects. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes, and yet there's just things we need to um, acknowledge today, right? Even as we put this focus on mothers, because as a church, we, we, can't, we can't avoid every topic that might be tender to the detriment of addressing these various important roles that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. And a mother is an important role that many of you have as a follower of Jesus because mothers play um, like a key role <clears throat> in the whole discipleship process. So we're going to open up our Bibles this morning. Okay? We're going to see an example of a mom and of a grandmother who mentored their son or their grandson. And, and I think through that we're going to find some application for all of us this morning. Now, this is the first message in a new series that we're calling Family Matters. And, and I can say that two ways, and it means two different things. So in this series, we're going to address some family matters, okay? And we're going to do that because we really believe that family matters. Okay? You matter. I matter in our role. So today, again, we're going to look at this grandmother who mentored a young boy, this mother who mentored her young son into a not just a faithful, faithful follower of Jesus, but also just a very productive servant of Jesus himself. Now, they did this by teaching him the scriptures okay, and by modeling genuine faith. Just a reminder up front in this message, moms, you are on a mission. 
You're on a mission that God has given you. And I don't, like I'm okay to ignore for a moment the daily responsibilities that overwhelm you, right? Not to say they don't happen, but to set them aside to take a look at not just the functional part, but the bigger picture of what it means to be a mom and for some of us a dad or a grandmother or an aunt or an uncle, a person who has an influence on the life of someone that God has given us and Listen, like, even though it's really messy, okay, your role, it matters, right? Because motherhood is a mission field. And that's just the truth from the scriptures that we're going to unpack a little bit today. The Apostle Paul wrote much of the New Testament, okay? And he mentored a young man named Timothy, who was the son of Eunice. And he was the grandson of Lois. And we'll see that in the scriptures today. And he became, for Paul, a partner in God's kingdom work. And at the time that Paul is writing the letter we're looking at today, 2 Timothy, Paul was serving as the pastor of the church in Ephesus. So while he was doing that role of pastoring, Paul wrote a letter to him, and it's called 1 Timothy, and it's in your New Testament. And then later on in life, probably 11 or 12 years later, near the end of his life, Paul writes this other book, 2 Timothy, that we're going to look at today. I want you to turn there with me. In the pew or the, I'm sorry, the chair in front of you, that Bible is on page 1178, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. So today, on Mother's Day, Paul is going to help all of us understand by looking at these two women, the critical role that we play in the spiritual growth of the people in our lives. Okay? They're an indispensable part, this Lois and Eunice, first of all, to Timothy's faith formation, okay? to, his, to forming his faith. Paul wrote most of his letters to groups of people, but he wrote this particular letter to Timothy, who he considers like spiritually his son, someone that he raised up in the faith. And look what he writes in chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers." Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Look at verse 5 here. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So Paul's writing these words from a prison cell. He's in prison because of his faith, and he's remembering Timothy's Timothy's faith, but he's remembering that that faith had roots, okay? and those roots bring to mind two missional moms, Eunice and Lois, okay? Timothy's mom and Timothy's grandmother, Lois. Now, in Acts chapter 16, we're told that Timothy's mom, Eunice, was raised in the Jewish faith, and that she'd become a Christian. And we don't know a lot about Timothy's father, but we do know that he was a Greek, okay, and that he was an unbeliever. And it's just a reminder to us that like even in a less than ideal situations, moms, you can have an eternal impact 
Okay? And that would be true not just of moms, but of any of us. In less than ideal situations, we can have that eternal impact. I mean, some of you are parenting on your own, spiritually. Okay? And you're in a difficult spot. And some of you are literally battling against another parent with regard to spiritual things. Paul helps us remember that you're not alone in this fight. And as Paul I think is thinking about Timothy, this person he holds dearly that he raised up in the faith that's pastoring this church in Ephesus, he's remembering the godliness of his grandmother Lois and how his grandmother Lois passed on her faith to her daughter Eunice and how Eunice passed on her faith to her son Timothy. In fact, I think Paul is convinced that Timothy can trace his spiritual heritage through these two ladies. One, these two ladies. One commentator wrote, "A mother's duty is to give to a child a home of faith, and to give to faith a home in their child." Listen, like if we if we hope to see our children embrace and live out their faith. We first have to live out our faith. Okay? So moms or dads or grandparents, again, aunts and uncles, those of us who have influence in the lives of others, like our first and most important mission is our ministry to our kids. What does it profit us, Jesus said, if we gain the whole world and yet forfeit our soul? And what would it profit us if we conquered the whole world? but lost our children in that way. But faith has to be taught, and it has to be caught. Right? I mean, we know that sometimes our, children's list, our children listen to the words we say. Sometimes that might be in question. But they watch our lives, and they pay attention, and they're listening to see if the way we live matches up with the words that we speak, if we're sincere, if you will, in how we live. And Timothy saw two sincere Christians. And when mothers model genuine faith, like salvation seeds are sown in the soil of their children's souls. Genuine faith. Now having said that, like it's not lost on me that some of you have lived godly lives, but your child has gone prodigal, if you will. <laughs> They've, whether temporarily or, God forbid, longer, abandoned their faith. Um, and I hurt for you. I hurt with you on that journey. It's a struggle. And don't hear this as you've done something wrong if you're living your faith out. And don't hear this as some kind of a fail-safe formula because God has given each of our children their own will to make decisions and they aren't always the ones that we would make. Okay? But what I am saying is Christ has to be at home in your heart before he's at home in your home. Okay? We, we've got to own it before we can live it. It has to be our faith before we can ever give it to someone else, and it can't just be in our head. It's got to be in our heart, and it's got to be shown in our hands and the things we do and the things that we say. I think Timothy's 
family environment, Paul would say, it, it was critical to his faith development. Both his mother and his grandmother held their faith deeply and shared it freely. And yet, when we think about their life and what we learn from the Scripture in another passage, their effect wasn't just a random effect. There's some strategy to that, and that in their lives, it was also part of their purpose to share Scripture with young Timothy. Okay? Flip over maybe a page or so in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to pick up in verse 14, and here what we, here what we, here's what Paul writes to Timothy in verses 14 and 15. He says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, now, I do want to state the obvious after I've got a little ways into this, right? Like, there, there are no perfect moms, okay? No perfect dads, no perfect grandparents in that way. God doesn't call you to be perfect. I think God is often looking for just ordinary moms in ordinary circumstances who are faithful in rather ordinary ways. No superheroes, just faithful people. Matt Chandler writes this. He says, God is awesome. He doesn't need you to be awesome. He just needs you to be obedient. He needs me to be obedient. Let's leave the awesome up to him. All right? He can make that in us and through us. That phrase, from whom you learned it, it's like plural. Okay? And back in the original language there, uh, Paul's saying, you, you learned it from more than just one person. You learned it from your grandmother. You also learned it from your mother. And that word infancy there in the original language talks about a newborn baby or a toddler. And so we put that together like his grandmother and his mother were teaching him the scriptures probably before he could even crawl. Right? Moms. We've purposed in our ministry here, in our nursery, in our preschool programs and all of those to be teaching the scripture to our kids who you entrust to us. And moms, it's like never too early to start teaching your children the scriptures. And the truth is, if you haven't started yet, it's also never too late to start teaching your children the scriptures. It's important. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes from hearing. In hearing through the word of Christ. Hey, remember, I mean, Timothy grew up in a pagan culture with an unbelieving father, and yet he still knew the scriptures from infancy. In fact, when we put a pattern to the scriptures we read we, today, like in, here in chapter 1 and chapter 3, you realize that, that Timothy knew the scriptures, but he also grew in that he learned the scriptures. Ultimately, he became convinced of the scriptures, and Paul finds him in Acts chapter 16 actually living the scriptures, and that is our goal as well. Four, four scholars were arguing over different Bible translation. One said he liked the King James Version because it, it just used such eloquent English, and another said they liked the English Standard Version because it was just translated so literally, and another said, well, I like the New Living Translation because it just uses contemporary phrases that I understand, and the fourth one 
after a pause, a, a silent moment, said, well, I, I actually, I prefer my mother's translation. <laughs> and, and the scholars, of course, laughed. And he said, listen, he said, my mom translated every page of the Bible into life. It's the most convincing translation I have ever read. How are we doing at forming our kids' faith? How are we doing at teaching them the scriptures? What kind of Bible are our kids or our grandkids reading when they observe our lives? Do all you can to form their faith. Do all you can to share the scriptures with them. But ultimately it's going to come down to their decision. And this third challenge really is for all of us who have been the recipients of God's word and teaching and God's love and all the things that we sing about and worship about. And that is this, it's our response to being taught about the scriptures and talk about, taught about God. And, and that is the need for us to embrace God and to engage God with our lives personally. Now, of all of the three passages we look at today, I think I like this one the best. Okay? I, I love how, like in the first two passages in 2 Timothy, Paul gives a shout-out by name to these women because women were not, they were shouted at, but they were not shout-out <laughs> with praise very often, and certainly not by name. And Paul does both, which is so um, cross-cultural or counter-cultural. But listen, how much, I mean, how many of us don't love it when someone tells us something great about their kids, right? And Paul is about to, or not Paul, Luke actually, is about to write about Timothy. And so this is like the commentary on your son or on your grandson that we read about Timothy here in Acts chapter 16, um, these first five verses. It says, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. It says, The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in their numbers. Okay? Now, we already know that this mother-daughter team, Lois and Eunice, they, they took their role seriously, spiritually. Um, and, and Acts chapter 16 reminds us that a mom can be a spiritual mentor to her children without the help of, or maybe even in, in spite of sometimes, a father who's not very helpful or even is unhelpful. And that's true vice versa. Dad can be the same to his children, whether mom is helpful or not. But there's some character qualities in Timothy that we see here in chapter 16 that I think were passed down from mother and grandmother that are worth noting. And the first was this. Timothy was a strong believer. Okay? Now I say that because Luke refers to him as a disciple. Periodically, you will hear Luke refer to followers of Jesus as Christians. More often, they're just called believers. But Timothy refers to, or Timothy is referred to here as a, 
a disciple. Remember, we, we talk about a disciple is not just a follower of Jesus, but someone who's been changed by Jesus, someone who's on mission with Jesus. And that describes Timothy. I mean, here, here Paul meets Timothy in Acts chapter 16. That's the story. And he's so impressed with this young Christian man that he wanted him to be his partner in serving God. The apostle Paul comes to town and sees your child and says, wow, that's somebody that I want to work with. What an honor for Timothy. What an honor for Lois and for Eunice and a confirmation of the work that they had done. These women were disciples of Jesus who had made a disciple in Timothy. And we're called to be disciples who make disciples and it ought to start with our family in that way. Now, we also see that he had a good reputation. Remember, it says that he was well spoken of by the people in Lystra and Iconium, by the Christians who, who were around him. They knew him as a man of integrity, a man of godliness, a man of his word. If you studied or thought through or listened well at all with regard to the New Testament, you know these Christians were persecuted. It was not simple, it was not easy to live a Christian life, a godly life in this pagan country, much more difficult than it was for us. And for Timothy be noted as a um, significant follower of Jesus. And also, I think, as a young man, with all the things that went along with that, it's significant. He was admired for his faith, and I think we ought to admire those who poured that faith into him as well. And then third, I would just note with regard to Timothy that he was available. All right? Paul says he wanted to take him along on the journey, and he did. In fact, later in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul can't think of anyone quite like Timothy. He says these words, For I have no one like him, speaking of Timothy, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Paul thought so highly of him. He couldn't wait to unleash him in ministry. And even as he's writing these letters to Timothy, he's put Timothy in charge of the church of Ephesus. He's a pastor and has been now for many years, as 2 Timothy has written, in charge of or leading the church in Ephesus, along with the elders there. He's been pastoring them. So we see that he embraced the God of his mother. Timothy embraced the God of his grandmother and he embraced the God of his mentor Paul but he engaged God with his own life personally it wasn't just yeah I'm good with that it was like God is mine Jesus is mine I am his disciple his follower and yet today on Mother's Day we remember what Paul was remembering when he wrote these letters here that it all was the fruit of both couple of moms who mentored, that it was their sincere faith, Timothy's sincere faith, which first lived in his grandmother Lois and in his mother Eunice and now also lived in him. You know, any of us that are parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone who cares about the life of a child who's been influential in that life and know the scriptures, are there any of us who not just hold in the very center of our heart that verse from 3 John chapter 4 that says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. 
And is there a parent of a struggling child or a struggling teen or a struggling adult or a prodigal who ultimately would not also say, I have no greater burden than to know that my child is not walking with God. When we talk in the discipling process often, we talk about the the three different pieces of the discipleship equation. We talk about my part, talk about God's part, we talk about another person's part. Today, we're talking about your part and my part. And ultimately, like that's the only part I can play. But I need to play it well because the stakes are high. And so embrace God yourself. Engage him spiritually. Work your best to be part of the faith formation of those that God puts under your influence. Share the scriptures with them and be who God has called you to be. Listen, moms in particular, all of us in general, you'll get your other day, your own day later next month, dads. Okay. But moms, like your mission is to be a spiritual mentor to your children, to embrace God yourself personally, and then to share him with them as best as you're able. Do you want to pray about that? Do you need to talk about that or about them? Um, Do you want help in this discipling journey? Do you want to grow yourself spiritually? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship, and I'm just going to invite you if you want to pray with someone. I'm going to talk with someone. Grab myself, one of our staff, one of our elders. Grab that person you love and trust that, that, that you came with. And make this the focal point of this Mother's Day for you in this moment as we just carve out a time and space amidst sometimes crazy day to hear God and then to respond to Him. Let's pray together. Father, you have called us as your people to love others, to influence others, to embrace you, and then to share that faith, to share your word, to share our very lives in a way that might make a difference in someone's eternity. Father, we commit to our part. We trust you for your part. And we beg you for the part of the others in our life who need to embrace you. With your help, through your spirit, Could we see it happen in the name of Jesus?